0: Hello, guys, welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Kristen, who is a part of the Jordan Station Design Co team down in Niagara. And she's an architectural designer and she's super knowledgeable about all things ADUs and garden suites. And that's what we're going to dig into today. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. <music> Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Kristen. I'm so excited to have you here this is yeah no worries this is actually somebody so from jordan station design co and it was somebody that i was just emailing back and forth um and you were so knowledgeable and so i wanted to invite you onto the podcast specifically talking about adu so thank you again for coming on no problem yeah no worries so yeah i just wanted to kind of jump into how you kind of got started in this space and uh just get to know you a little bit more
1: yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I started at Jordan Station Design Co. Um, about three years ago now. Oh, wow. um, so I moved from the Owen Sound area actually to Niagara oh. um, for the job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my boss started his own company about five years ago. Um, and from there, uh, he was already doing a little bit of accessory dwelling unit work. Mm. And that's how we really got into it, honestly, through word of mouth and getting those important clients and then passing our name along.
0: Cool. And uh, what is your title there?
1: So I'm an architectural designer, um, I went to Mohawk College, um, I have a degree or a diploma in architectural technology, wow. um, so a three year diploma, I had co-op placements, um, so lots of experience in, in different
0: areas, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, and how did you kind of like even want to get into this space?
1: Um, I thought it was, like, the perfect mix of, like, creative, mm. um, so I loved to paint when I was growing up. I took art classes all, like, every <laughs> single year of high school. I was that nerdy, like, art, <laughs> art kid, and, uh, like, I like math a lot as well. Um, it's, like, a nice mix of technical and design. Uh,
0: we are yeah. opposites, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, that's amazing. And then how do you like it at Jordan Station Design Co.? I've been practicing that all day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's great. Honestly, it's so nice. My boss is, like, early 30s, um, um, he started his own company, like, has a very, like, independent, um, like, scaling mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to work for someone who understands, like, flexibility in, in work-life work like balance, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you guys specifically focus in the Niagara region.
1: Um, Niagara, we've done um, stuff in London, Brantford, um, a little bit in Toronto, Mm -hmm. um burlington it's just kind of like (laughs) whoever gets our name we're we're happy to take on their
0: project okay i love it okay all right and then um uh, what was my next question so yeah how did you get into the real estate space do you have any of your own like properties or investment properties or anything
1: <laughs> I don't yet but it's always so hard like seeing my clients and being like okay all I gotta do is take that first step yeah. and like <laughs> just to get into it I feel like I've built up like the knowledge mm. on it now and actually one of my co-workers is looking to purchase her first property and is like nice. coming to me for advice mm-hmm. so that's very fun but um no, mostly just because Jordan was already doing the accessory dwelling unit work. Mm. Um, it, it's just kind of like taken on a, a life of its own in okay. our in our
0: work. Okay, cool. And so, what is like the typical ADU? Like, how would I, if I was a client approaching you guys, how would I, like, what's the scope of work?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so typically, our clients would come to us um, either when they're they're looking into purchasing a property or they've already purchase the property Mm -hmm. Um, pretty typically they would be like a standard bungalow um, a side split back split Um, those single family homes that kind of have like an underutilized basement Um, a lot of them have like second entrance something that's easy to split off and just create a second unit
0: from okay so they come to you already knowing that they want to do an adu
1: Typically, I would say so. Sometimes they'll come to us saying, like, we want to do two units Mm -hmm. or three units. What's your um, opinion on if this would be easy to convert to three units? Um, Three units is very popular. I feel like a lot of people are kind of trying to maximize the potential of the single-family home. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously, as the market changes, the numbers can be sometimes harder to make work with just two units. Um, So three units is definitely growing in popularity.
0: Okay. So yeah. So triplex conversions is kind of what you're seeing more of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And sorry, say it again. So what are the best properties to kind of purchase for the triplex conversion?
1: Um, I would say something that you can clearly define like three separate entrances. So um, something that already has a walkout or Mm -hmm. like a a back entrance to the single family home. Um, You know, obviously at triplex, you're going to be spending a lot more money. So something that has um, a lot of existing like a kitchen in the basement or like the plumbing already existing there that's like ways that you can save money mm-hmm. um but it's tough because like there's not really like ideal properties yeah. but <laughs> there's definitely properties that are not ideal yeah. um we've had a couple <laughs> of people come to us with with properties that i'm like oh this, this
0: what kind of properties work. are those <laughs> um
1: more so like things that aren't going to meet building code so mm-hmm. Bad ceiling heights—that's mm. a huge one. Okay. Um, that's that's honestly has been a killer for a lot of um, clients coming to us. Like, and it's there's nothing worse than saying you just bought this property, you can't do anything with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's also having like a realtor that has a mindset of like they know what they're looking for, they know like at least a little bit of like the building code basics. Mm-hmm. Um, just so they can steer you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, getting stuck with a property that you can't really <laughs> do anything with, if you come into it thinking, like, I'm going to convert this to two units, three units, um, you know, they might end up having to just rent it as a, a single property.
0: Mm. So, okay, and then if it is too shallow, the ceiling height, are they able to, like, underpin it? Is that the right... It,
1: you can, it's just very expensive. right? Yeah, and that's for most people, it's not really, like, worth it. It's okay. not in the budget, it's not... It's not going to create, like, the return Mm. in terms of, like, how much you're spending.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've heard (laughs) of underpinning, and it's, like, I think around 200K or something,
1: like, crazy. I don't know. Yeah, it's – I would say, like, anywhere from, like, 100 to 200, but, like – it depends on like square footage and stuff like mm. that. But yeah, we've had a couple clients come <laughs> to us like saying, Oh, like we're going to hold this for a little bit. Maybe we'll underpin it in the future.
0: And mm. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> get saving. Oh my gosh. Okay. And do you give any, like uh, would you give advice to somebody before they buy a property?
1: Yeah, we definitely can. Um, it's kind of like, I've had a lot of realtors reach out to me and say, you know, our clients are looking for this mm. um, in this area. Um, sometimes I'll just say like send me any properties that you have. Um, I can give you like just a rundown on zoning Mm -hmm. um, just because that's really like where we start our um, like the review of a property. We'll start at the zoning bylaw just to make sure that you can even do it in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure that there's not any like big red flags. Um, And from there, just kind of give them like a sense of they have to take the measurements. They have to let us know about the ceiling height. But from there, we can usually give them a rough idea okay and then
0: zoning um mm-hmm. where what like cities are most flexible with zoning
1: um in our experience just from like our projects mostly in niagara um welland has been great okay um okay, well, that's we I mean. i've probably done at least 150 projects in welland wow. of conversions just because their their zoning bylaw is so flexible mm-hmm. um i know bill 23 has kind of um like overridden most bylaws mm-hmm. um and allowed like three units to be possible everywhere. Mm-hmm. But Welland it was it was like that before Bill Twenty Three even. Okay. Um so they were kind of ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Um Hamilton is definitely getting there. Um Hamilton I've seen a lot of like zoning changes lately. Mm-hmm. Um they're starting to allow up to four units on some single family lots. Mm-hmm. So that's really <laughs> great um it can be tricky to find the right property for that because that's just <laughs> some of those old century homes are great for it but it's it's hard to find the right property for that for
0: sure okay that's what I've heard too and I know Toronto recently like I think it's yeah. up to four or five I think units so yeah okay four units yeah. but then exactly everything is so close you need to have that like laneway yeah measurement I don't know <laughs> yeah so yeah. is that even possible to do in Toronto like four units
1: it's definitely possible um we've done a couple in Hamilton now um I actually have a fiveplex on the go and another fourplex, um, actually two fourplexes on the go. Um, It it really is just like finding the right property Mm -hmm. um, and whether you want to go kind of like apartment style, like a shared entrance for these units Mm -hmm. or if you want like independent entrances, it definitely can be hard to find the right property for
0: that. Okay, and what is like the typical, like what is the right property you feel? Like something that's big enough or?
1: Something that's big enough. um, Again, it kind of depends on like the style of units you want. Like if mm-hmm. you want one bedrooms, then, you know, it can be pretty easy to split something up into, you know, five one bedroom units. Okay. <laughs> um, but if you're also like trying to target, you know, more family rentals, um, getting into that like two, three bedroom range, that's mm-hmm. when it gets, you know, quite hard to find a property large enough.
0: Okay. And I'm going to get to build 23, but I want to talk about Welland for one more second. Do you yeah. feel like it's too saturated. Like I know that everybody went over there. I think during COVID, but now I'm yeah. scared that things are like sitting on the market. Is it? It is
1: slowing down a little bit um, lately. I've found more of our clients are coming to us. They're they've already been holding a property, or they're like a just a regular homeowner mm-hmm. um, looking to create like some more income. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of maximize their under, underutilized property. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like where the markets kind of shifted to. I know like Welland definitely was our most popular, <laughs> I mean, like by far. Yeah. I actually went back and I was looking at how many permits we submitted in Welland versus like St. Catharines, Hamilton, Niagara Falls, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was insane the, the difference. Wow. But it really is just like a testament to their well-functioning bylaw mm. um, and kind of like poor functioning bylaws elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but everyone's starting to kind of catch up. So St. Catharines is definitely getting um, a little bit more popular with us. Mm. Um, Niagara Falls getting more inquiries.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And so then going back to Bill 23, what, can you explain what Bill 23 is too? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Influence? So most, uh, the biggest impact of Bill 23 on us was kind of the, Um, allowance of two accessory dwelling units on one lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Bill 23 is a lot bigger than just that but Mm -hmm. that's really like (laughs) the the main portion um, that actually affects our work. So Mm -hmm. basically it's a provincial policy that Mm -hmm. is kind of been put into effect and uh, it basically is telling these municipalities that they they need to shift um, their official plan and their zoning bylaw to align with permitting more intensification through
0: um accessory dwelling units okay well, wow. mm-hmm. sounds fancy okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very
1: like technical <laughs> terms all that kind of stuff but that's kind of what it boils down to so a lot of these um a lot of these cities already had some zoning in effect mm-hmm. that would allow um some places had one interior unit and one detached unit that mm-hmm. kind of stuff um, but this is allowing, you know, two interior accessory dwelling units if you want, mm-hmm. um, or one interior and one detached.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you are able to like convert a garage into yep. an ADU then? It just has to meet minimum requirements, I'm sure?
1: Um, it kind of depends on the city. So for instance, in Welland, mm-hmm. um, we've been converting basically a- any detached uh, garages mm-hmm. um attached garages as well Mm -hmm. um but a lot of cities are kind of implementing like further zoning saying you have to meet these setbacks you have to Mm. meet all these other provisions so you know they're they're kind of taking bill 23 and making it work for them
0: okay okay and is an attached garage easier to do an adu than a detached garage
1: um i would say it's more cost effective because you're running like the services a shorter distance typically okay um but you know, a lot of our clients have kind of pivoted to turn these detached garages into like a like garden suites, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a Airbnb. A lot mm-hmm. of our clients have done done that with them because yeah. I feel like it's such a unique opportunity. Like it's not you know a clear basement apartment. Mm-hmm. It's like this space that's could be entirely its own. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay, perfect. And now going back for a second. So let's say that I want to do a triplex conversion in Wellin. The first thing you look at it is zoning, but kind of what are the steps that you take after that?
1: Yeah. So if you were a client coming to us, basically, uh, typically I just ask for like the property address. I look into the zoning bylaw. Mm-hmm. Um, once you have like confirmed that you're purchasing the property, mm-hmm. um, we get started with our process. So Um, typically we go out take site measurements um, get everything drawn up in our software Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would start the concept design process so usually I'll meet with my client um, just kind of get a sense of like what they're looking for sometimes like I've worked with people with so much experience and Mm -hmm. people who are like first-time investors (laughs) so it depends like sometimes I'll take the reins from there or like I can just let them do their thing. If they say, you know, I want to do a two-bedroom unit in the basement, and then I want a, like, studio apartment in the detached garage, you know. Sometimes people come in with, like, a clear idea of what they want. Mm, Um, And I can just make tweaks, like, based on building code requirements, um, anything that I think is going to be a red flag or Possibly save them money. Okay. Um, and then construction drawings, so what we submit to the city. And then we also do permit applications on behalf of our client because they can be a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that
0: is my question. So then you do that on yeah. behalf of your client, yeah. the permits. Okay, nice. And how long do those take?
1: Um, it really depends on the city. Sometimes the turnaround can be four to six weeks. Um, sometimes it's a little bit longer in the bigger cities. Mm. Um, I know actually a while ago, Brampton had it like on their website saying like it's 10 weeks minimum, but they actually stuck to it. Like (laughs) it was like, at least they gave us a timeline and they said it'll be 10 weeks Mm -hmm. and then it gets approved. But yeah, so it kind of depends like the smaller cities, um, Actually, I had in Port Colburn the other day, Mm -hmm. I had a permit turnaround in five days. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's fast. Um, It was fantastic. But um, usually I say to my clients, you know, that's a good time frame to be looking for contractors if they don't have one already. Mm -hmm. Um, Going out on the property, like walking through it with a contractor, getting quotes, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of scoping out the project. Okay. And do
0: you have contractors that you guys recommend at all?
1: Um, We do. I would definitely, like, number one to all my clients, I recommend... Get a contractor that's familiar with fire separations mm. because they are very tricky. Um, a lot of cities will kind of try and implement their own ideals of the building code. So you know whether it's a you get an inspector that's really stuck on like sprinklers or something like that. Mm. They always try and implement things that are like past the building code. Mm. Um, obviously, you know our one of our main concerns when we design this is occupant safety Mm -hmm. you know that's a huge part of the building code Mm -hmm. um so our our drawings always address that um but you know getting someone who's experienced in actually building this and reading the plans and implementing things properly is is huge interesting
0: okay okay yeah you don't want a contractor doing crappy work
1: no (laughs) no (laughs) and i mean in general no one wants that but fire separations are like a whole nother
0: level wow okay Interesting. Um, and then how much does this typically cost? I know it's totally going to range, but mm. for like an ADU triplex in Welland.
1: Yeah. Like so that. if we were doing a triplex, um, it really depends on like the type of units, the finishes that you're looking for. Mm. So um, our clients, like if it's like an in-law suite kind of situation, I find they want to spend a little bit more. Mm. Um, we've also had clients who even just in general for the rentals, you know, especially in welland where it's very competitive for mm-hmm. rentals there's so many listings on the market mm-hmm. um, you kind of want to be like that next level design you want the next level finishes so you kind of stand out mm-hmm. um, I would say if it's like a triplex you're probably looking at a budget of like a hundred thousand or a little bit
0: more okay,
1: um, okay. you know it, it does also depend on the property um, if there's a lot of lots of existing plumbing like an existing kitchen obviously you're gonna spend a little bit Money because it's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it definitely comes in handy, like making a checklist and like thinking of these things. Mm-hmm. How can I save a little bit of money? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're not in a rush for that ideal property, mm-hmm. you know, you might as well take your time and, and really find one that's going to fit your
0: needs. Okay. Um, do you have any permit? I don't know. Now I'm <laughs> going back, permit um, yeah. <laughs> like horror stories or anything? um
1: actually lately so these (laughs) all these four unit properties so I -hmm. love Hamilton zoning Mm -hmm. it was so great you know like they're they're saying oh you know we're allowing four units on single family lots I submit a permit for a fourplex conversion and they come back and they're requesting like plumbing drawings like engineering um Like HVAC, which is like something that we typically submit with most of our permits, but plumbing drawings were something that we've never had to submit for these conversions before. Um, So I guess um, it's kind of like a tricky building code thing, (laughs) but basically anything past two units is no longer considered a house in the building code. So you can implement like other building code provisions Mm -hmm. to it once it's past two units. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just using it as an opportunity to say, okay. We changed our bylaw, but now we're gonna ask for more
0: things. Mm, okay. So
1: it's always like a pain because we're prepared for, in most cases, for whatever's gonna come back, whatever mm-hmm. the requirements are in the first place. Like we always get an HVAC design for our properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the plumbing was just not something that I was <laughs> <laughs> anticipating. So having to go back and tell clients, you know, you gotta spend a little bit extra money, that's never fun.
0: Yeah, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sounds fun. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then uh, besides ADUs, do you guys work with other, like, bigger projects, like custom homes or variances or anything like that? Yep.
1: Yeah, so Jordan actually, like, started this company more so to do custom homes, renovations. um, But at the same time, he had a lot of accessory dwelling unit clientele. So Mm. we just kind of merged the two. So we we do a lot of custom home design, um, renovations, additions, Mm. multiplex stuff that's past accessory dwelling units so mm. um last year we worked on a, a 14 unit residential building wow. in welland <laughs> um, which was pretty crazy i did an eight plex in welland um, the year before and then yeah we're, we're working on a couple larger scale projects in chatham wow so Okay. So you guys do it all. Yep. (laughs) Yep. A little bit of commercial work as well, but it's definitely not as high demand. So we try and
0: stick residents. Isn't your team, I see your team. Isn't it quite small? (laughs) It's very small. So there's nine of us actually. You guys are busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We're very busy. Okay. Wow. Um, all right. And then what is included in your projects? Like, uh, do you typically add on, like, do you have any add-ons or renderings or?
1: Yeah. So a standard accessory dwelling unit or like conversion project, it's pretty like bare bones. Um, you know, Our main focus is on these notes, um, outlining like fire separations, that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the standard floor plans, elevations, building section, all the details that they need. But Mm -hmm. our custom home um, renovation stuff is a little bit more detailed. Mm -hmm. Um, So those clients, I I would say, are more focused on aesthetics of the home Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to like an investor who most of the time they're buying a property, which the outside is fine <laughs> and it's gonna they'll make do with it um but yeah the custom home stuff is definitely where we sit down with our clients there's multiple meetings mm-hmm. um so it's it's a lot more hands-on um and you know renderings definitely are are a part of that mm-hmm. um for custom home stuff absolutely um it's kind of just whatever our client's looking for okay. you know it it helps our clients to see the renderings mm-hmm. um one of our one of my coworkers actually has a vr headset as oh, well cool. so we started doing walkthroughs <laughs> it's very fun um it's pretty cool. crazy i actually put the headset on the other day in the yeah. office and i was like this is weird <laughs> oh my god but, like technology just allows like so much more yeah. like in terms of visualization wow um so yeah that's that's pretty fun but but like i said like even with um my accessory dwelling unit clients, Mm -hmm. like I'm always there to help them for their questions. Um you know responding to emails in a timely manner she so fast. <laughs> answering, their, <laughs> answering their phone calls like even during construction because yeah you know sometimes you can have questions during construction mm-hmm. maybe your contractor isn't really sure what to do so
0: well, wow, yeah that's no that's one there. thing that stood out about you because yeah. I was like <laughs> I've talked to so many people in construction and they usually don't get back to you or don't yeah. have very detailed responses and she was like on it so no it was great uh for custom homes what's the timeline for that and what do those usually cost like a range
1: um it's always hard to give like a range for custom (laughs) homes it really depends on the builder and like again your level of finishes Mm -hmm. that's a huge thing I actually just had a client I went out to Toronto um Mm -hmm. she's our only Toronto custom home right now but (laughs) we're looking to do more Mm -hmm. um but she self-built um she only spent 650,000 on a A brand new custom home home. I was like I am like amazed because I would say most of the time you're probably looking at spending like upwards of $800,000 on a custom home,
0: like from scratch. I thought it'd be way more expensive though. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can
1: depend like, Mm -hmm. you know, how many bedrooms, the square footage, the finishes, all that kind of stuff. But, um, on our end, you know, our big thing is like, we see so much value in our design. Mm -hmm. Um, we really like take the time to dedicate sitting down with our clients, responding to their, their comments and questions Mm -hmm. in like a timely manner um, making sure that they're not getting pushed in a direction that they're not comfortable with. Cause mm-hmm. I know a lot of designers like have kind of like their ideal design style oh, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like, we're so flexible. Like we're happy to work on like a classic, you know, like a modern farmhouse, like something that's going to be like more like mid century modern, like anything, you know, mm-hmm. we're not trying to push like a design style. So it really is just like a unique experience. Um, you know we're we're really trying to provide like a custom experience to their clients mm. to our clients because you know most likely they're going to build one custom home mm-hmm. in their lifetime and that's where going they're going to spend their entire life yeah. so just making sure that they're happy with the end product is That's
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. I want a farmhouse. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, we're already nearing the end of the podcast, but I want to ask well I want to ask two things, but mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you recommend to new investors getting into today's market? Um, you know, as the market
1: changes, obviously, um, it can be hard to find the right property. Um, I get a lot of clients reaching out saying, "We really want to work with you, but we haven't found the right property yet." Mm-hmm. So, just like taking your time, not rushing into a decision, um, try and find. An experienced team so a contractor a realtor someone who can steer you in the right direction um, mm-hmm. someone who actually knows what they're talking about and isn't just trying to like make a sale mm-hmm. and uh, like really doing a little bit of your own research mm-hmm. so that you're not going into this like blindly um, you know like I said like I'm always happy to help pretty much anyone that reaches <laughs> out to us and just steer them in in the right direction Um, Give them contacts at the city, just Mm. so they can like, even if they want to send their property to the city and just Mm. say, you know, what can I do with this? Um, I've had a lot of people do that first, and then reach out to us Mm. and just say, can you help us out? This is what the city said.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. like doing your own research, which is which is huge for sure. (laughs) Um, And do you think ADUs are for every investor?
1: um not necessarily um i think it's a great starting point for a lot of people mm-hmm. um you know i actually live in probably what would be classified as an accessory <laughs> dwelling unit oh, awesome. i live in a basement apartment mm-hmm. um you know like i think it's a great starting point for some people um Like I said, a lot of our clients are actually switching them to Airbnbs, Mm -hmm. so they get all the fire separations put in place, Mm -hmm. and then they can rent out, like, a basement apartment as a short-term rental. Mm -hmm. Um, So it might not be, like, the end goal for some of these properties that my clients are buying. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, like, a step on the way or, you know, something that gets them into the market. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, like, we also have a lot of investors who come to us more for, like, the multiplex, the larger scale stuff, mm-hmm. um, apartment buildings, townhomes, that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on the investor, and it sounds like you guys are, like, customizing the experience always. Yeah, so, absolutely. Okay, amazing. Well, yeah, let them know where they can find you on social media, because <laughs> yeah, <that was> great. <laughs> absolutely.
1: So our main account is Jordan Station Design Co. Um, we also have an investment account, um, which is... I think it's linked in our bio at the main account. I'll find it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then my personal Instagram is Design. So K-M-C-N-U-T-T design.
0: Perfect. Okay, I'm going to link it down below, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah.